You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Knox foul from behind, count it, and one. As fist in the post, his fist. What he does is contagious. Hardaway to Trier. Trier drops down. Oh, oh, Alonzo Trier. Baker launches a three-hander across the lane to Porzingis. Fires up the ball. Welcome, everybody, to Locked on Knicks, the podcast that's in the 99th percentile of explaining, complaining, and entertaining. I'm your host, James Marcina. A.K.A. Death Jam Gundy. You may know me as NBA Injury Report on Twitter. And this is episode 365. Woo-wee! On today's episode, I want to share with you guys some thoughts that cropped up about the general state of the New York Knicks after their disheartening loss to the Magic the other day. I'm going to tell you why it's not that big a deal, basically. With lots of supporting evidence and... Uh, compelling arguments, if I do say so myself. I want to talk about a potential demotion for Frank Nilakina from the starting lineup and why, if that happens, it's not that big a deal. I also want to talk about David Fisdale's thoughts on the Knicks' lack of pace, their lack of assists, and their, relatively speaking, uh, depressed number of three-point shots. They're not shooting a ton of three-point shots, and he had some things to say about that the other day. Before we get started, voicemail bag. Call us up. We just did one. You guys heard it. You loved it. The reviews are in. 929-377-5103. You can complain, explain, or entertain to me. And if it's interesting, if it's good, if it's so bad it's hilarious, we're going to get it on a voicemail bag pod. They're always a lot of fun. I love doing them. Keep calling the number. 929-377-5103. All right, let's start the show. Hit it, Marv. Yes. So before we start the show, start the show, like start the show, start the show, I've actually got some bittersweet news for you guys. Now, I don't love the phrase bittersweet because I believe it lacks specificity. Some things that are both bitter and sweet are exquisite, like Sour Patch Kids, which are the best mass market candy outside of peanut M&M's. But... Bittersweet works as a storytelling device because when I say I have bittersweet news, you all know what that means. All of you who are native English speakers anyway. For those of you who are non-native speakers, when something is bittersweet, that means part of it sucks, aka is bitter, like a way too hoppy IPA, right? And part of it is great, aka sweet, like a perfectly ripe, obscenely juicy clementine. So enough about... The nature of the phrase bittersweet. Let's talk about my bittersweet news, which is this. I will be stepping down as the host of Lockdown Knicks in early December. The exact date is to be determined, but it will probably be that first week of December. I wish this was some kind of joke or one of my many, many hilarious bits, but it's not. Once again, to be clear... I am stepping down as host of Locked On Knicks in early December. You may be asking at this point, why? Well, 
The short story is because I landed a dream job. On December 7th, I'm moving to San Francisco, and I am going to become a full-time writer for NBA 2K, the video game. You guys know NBA 2K, right? You're basketball fans, and it's the basketball video game. Suck it, EA! Now, it's been a dream of mine for as long as I've been an adult to get a full-time job doing something I love. And it would be extremely difficult to find a better combination of things I love than writing and basketball. You know, throw video games into the mix and it's like some sort of ridiculous fairy tale. Like, what are we talking about here? Now, you guys may not know me much as a writer. This past year doing the podcast, well, it's taken up every minute of my spare time, to be honest. But I've been writing and writing has been a passion of mine for as long as I can remember. All kinds of writing. Here's a fun fact. I once got a second-tier rejection from The New Yorker for some of my poetry. (laughs) If you can believe that. Yeah, I write some poetry sometimes. A second-tier rejection means they don't tell you to fuck off forever, but they haven't accepted your poems either. They think your work has some merit, but it's not up to their lofty, bougie, New Yorker-ass standards. I don't just write poetry, though. I've written short stories. I've written sketches. I've written spec scripts for TV shows. If you're a TV producer, get at me. Maybe I've got something for you. I don't know. And obviously, I've written about basketball. But you're a podcaster, you might be thinking, and that's true, too. I've been podcasting for something like six years now. First, I did the Fourth Judge podcast, sponsored by StiffJab.com. Then I did the NBA Injury Report podcast. Then I did the Frozen Envelope podcast for posting and toasting. And now I'm doing Locked On Knicks. Some of you guys have been with me for that entire journey. And you actually already know all of this. Most of you don't. Uh, But special shouts to Alex from Portland, who is insane enough to start following the Knicks just to keep up with my podcasting exploits. He's been with us for a while. And he's actually following the Knicks just because he likes my podcasting. That's ridiculous. And it's like humbling that someone would actually do that. But some of you are just learning about me now as a podcaster, and you may not know how much I love podcasting itself. Like, I I really do. It's extremely fun for me. I love doing this podcast in particular. It's not an exaggeration to say that it's been one of the great joys of my career to do this. I got to talk to Frank Nilakina. I got to talk to Tom Sharpling, host of The Best Show. He's one of my heroes. I got to talk to a million different amazing basketball minds. I got to help shape the narrative around my beloved Knicks. And I got to interact with you maniacs every day. I've really, truly loved it. So it is extremely bitter in a nasty, too hoppy IPA sense of the word for me to give this gig up. But I have to give it up because this new opportunity with 2K is extremely sweet for me. And I need to give that job 100% of my professional attention. The podcast, as fun as it is, is not really close to being a full-time job. The money's gotten better over the past year, you know, but the simple financial reality of it is it's still very far away from being something full-time. I could see that being a possibility in, I don't know, five, ten years maybe, but right now it's not a viable option, and I'm tired, to put it as bluntly as possible. It takes hours a day to prep for the pod, whether that's watching games, Reading articles, researching stats, outlining the show, recording the show, editing it, booking guests, figuring out what I'm going to say to promote boner pills. And I love all that prep. But 
I spend hours at my job every day prepping. Sorry, boss. And I can't do that anymore. Not when I've got this dream job coming up. I can't risk not giving that job everything that I have. It's the first legit shot I have and not being stuck in a marketing career, which quite frankly I hate for the rest of my life. You know, shouts to you if you're a marketer doing your thing, making a living. But me, I I can't stand it and I need to get out. Plus, if we're being real here, which we always are on this show, I'm looking forward to getting back some of my free time. You know, right now when I'm not at work, at my marketing job, I'm doing podcast stuff. That's just the simple fact of the matter. It's extremely fun, but it's also extremely exhausting. I'm exhausted, son. (laughs) I really am. So, yeah, this is bitter for me. But it's also sweet, and I'm sure it's bitter for a lot of you too, because hopefully you enjoy the show that I put out. You know, I know at times I can be a little self-indulgent, but I've always tried to be myself the best I can, the most I can, as a way of putting out the best show that I can, that can be hopefully enjoyed by the largest number of people possible. You know, it's the only way I know how to do things. Be myself And try to consider the audience that I am producing content for. And hopefully the rest falls into place. But it could also be sweet for you. A new voice will bring new strengths to the table. And you might get someone who, for instance, is a real stat whiz. Who's like doing all this research on their own and creating stats. Not a fake one like me. I understand this stuff. But, you know, I'm not in the trenches like some of these people are. Or you might get someone who has some sort of professional experience with basketball and is better at X's and O's. Or maybe you just get another voice who does an equally awesome job, hopefully even better job than I do, and brings their own unique flavor to the table, whatever that might be. Who knows, right? As noted demon Kevin Garnett once said, Anything is possible! It could also be pretty sweet if you hate me. There aren't a lot of you out there, I don't think, but I've read the one-star reviews. Here's, I'm going to be petty for a second. Here's my favorite one. (laughs) Here's my favorite one-star review, in case you were wondering. Okay, here we go. Jared Dubin really knows his stuff. Knicks fans are truly lucky, is what I had written before he got replaced by James Marcita. He's a good guy, and he means well, but he's the worst podcast host I've ever heard. (laughs) Most of the time, he sounds high or drunk. Sometimes he even admits it. Hey, you know. Or simply uninterested in what he's talking about. That's not true. That's bullshit. He just rambles on and on and on and on and on. All right, guilty as charged. He has turned what used to be the best Knicks podcast to the worst. Shouts to you, dude. <laughs> he wrote that on my birthday. Oh, my God. I wonder if I even announced it. I'm looking at the date now. That's pretty funny. Now... That pettiness aside, I am sorry for injecting that pettiness, but I'm a deeply flawed human being. What do you want from me? This is not goodbye just yet. You've still got me for a few more weeks. And this isn't goodbye forever. I'm sure I'll be on the show as a guest in the future, hopefully. I'll definitely write some things for posting and toasting. And I've actually got a Twitter account set up, at James Marcita, where I'll be shouting about the Knicks and various other James Marcita-related bullshit You know The Sopranos is going to make an appearance on that Twitter account. And let's be real. I am going to be podcasting again someday in some capacity. Possibly about Biggie versus Tupac. Though I'm still having a nice long think about that. But, alright. I've been talking for a long time now. And I do apologize for this self-indulgement, very lengthy announcement. A lot of you probably don't care who hosts the show as long as it comes out every day. But this podcast has been a huge deal for me. It's been a way for me to share my voice with more people than ever before. 
It's been a way for me to connect with more Knicks fans than ever before. And for that opportunity, I'll always be extremely grateful. I'll be grateful to David Locke for hiring me. I'll be grateful for Joe Flynn over at Posting and Toasting for recommending me to David Locke. And honestly, more than anything, I'll be grateful to all of you guys all over the world for putting up with me for this long and for giving me your feedback and for sending in voicemails and for joking around with me on Twitter. I love you guys. You know, even the people who hate me enough to leave one-star reviews. And I hope you'll say hi from time to time on the interwebs or at Nick's meetups if I'm ever back in New York, maybe out in San Francisco. Or, you know, if you happen to see me walking my dog down the street, say what's up, I'm around. And if anyone knows of a good Nick's bar in the Bay Area, please let me know. I want to talk about the Nick's horrible loss to the Orlando Magic and why it's not that big a deal. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people, they've been asking me for advice about where they should bet, you know, what they should bet on. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you should check out my bookie. I mean, listen, I'm not going to recommend a service to you guys that hasn't been good to me. That's why I'm telling you about my bookie. You win, they pay out. They have in-game live betting They've got the most rewarding player perks in the biz. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code ENTERLOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ENTERLOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus you play, you win, you get paid. My bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Let's briefly talk about this horrible loss to Orlando. I saw a lot of people freaking out, but you shouldn't freak out. It was the second game of a back-to-back. Yeah, it was at home to the woeful Orlando Magic, but it's fine. These things happen even to great teams. They have absolute stinkers against absolute stink job teams like the Orlando Magic. It doesn't mean David Fisdale has lost the team. It doesn't mean the Knicks have no young talent. It doesn't mean that KP wants to leave the Knicks. It doesn't mean that no free agents will ever come to the Knicks. It's just one game. It's really not that big of a deal. All right? So that's all I even want to say about that in terms of what it means for the future of this franchise. We all need to relax, okay? They were always going to be very bad this year. They surprised us with how good they looked in some games. You know, obviously Trier has been a huge surprise. But it's fine. This is going to happen. This is the ebb and flow of a horrible tanking season, which is what this is. We've always known this is what it's going to be. Some of you guys thought they were going to make the playoffs for some reason. I tried to tell you. But just like I tried to tell you that it wasn't going to be that good. Uh, it's not that bad right now. This is what they're in store for. Everything's going to be fine. KP's not going anywhere. Fizdale's a fine coach. Relax. I want to talk about something good from this game. Mitchell Robinson, obviously, set the Knicks rookie record with eight or nine blocks. I don't know. There was some controversy over whether or not Trier blocked one of the shots. I didn't even see what happened uh, as far as that goes. The, 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 the takeaway is that he is growing every game. Before our eyes, he's got monster potential on the defensive side of the ball. I think on both sides of the ball, but early on, obviously the defensive side of the ball. The obvious highlight of the night for him was when he was lying flat on his back. Rose up like some sort of Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein was the doctor, don't forget that. And swatted away 
a Jaron Grant three-point attempt from the corner after lying on his back like a dead Frankenstein's monster. I just said that. Uh, the clay is there with this young man. He's got primo clay. It just needs to be molded by himself and by the coaching staff. I think it will be molded. I think he's got what it takes to get there. This was an excellent sign. I want to talk about Frank now, okay? Frank only played six minutes. He didn't play well, but nobody played well. All right, so that's, you know, like, okay, why did he sit out? This is upsetting. That being said, he has been struggling offensively lately, mightily. He's looking extremely timid, not just in terms of having an aggressive mindset and, like, attacking the hoop, but in terms of just his decision-making in general. You have rarely seen him take a shot where it seems like he's fully committed to that shot. And because of that, you can really see him aiming his shots. He's adding these like little motions to adjust the trajectory mid-shot, and it's leading to some bad misses. So the question is, there's been a lot of talk about perhaps benching him for a little bit. Is it okay to bench him for a little bit? And I say, if, thinks, if Fizz thinks he needs to do that, then yes, it is okay. I still don't believe in Moutier or Burke over him as the long-term point guard, but while building this culture of accountability... It could be a sound move. Uh, You know, the other guys have to show more than him in order to keep him out of the starting lineup. And he does need to be able to play his way back into the rotation. But I do think it could be a sound move because if, uh, for a couple reasons, if he's struggling so much, sometimes it does more harm than good to keep someone out there. Uh, It just racks, it wrecks their confidence. And you want to save them from themselves a little bit. Not forever, but again, still 20. There, he's already said, Fisdale, that he's doing these things where he takes different starting lineups. I know the Knicks' starting lineup, as currently constructed, has had a great plus-minus. Um, they've had one of the better plus-minuses of any starting lineup in the league over the time that they have been together. But Frank has been struggling. You see this, right? And I liken it to something. Here, here's how I can uh, put my spin on it. Give you some of my personality. Let me talk about this. At uh, times in my life, I've been a pretty serious musician. Um, I grew up playing alto saxophone. I switched to guitar in about eighth grade. Um, I've been in a band. Not like I'm not the best guitarist, but I've taken it seriously at times, and I've practiced a ton. Okay, and part of my playing style is um, improvisational, right? I, I, I love soloing, um, and when you're when you're working on improvising over music, you're practicing scales. You're doing it every day. And then sometimes you get in this rut and you're like, I suck. I play the same thing. My chops are garbage. I'm not listening to what other players are doing and responding to it. And then I would not play guitar for like two, three days, come back, maybe even like a week once in a while, right? Like I'm just pissed off. I'm frustrated. And you come back and all of a sudden you're not thinking so much, right? You're letting things come to you. You're not trying to like hit all the fanciest trills and runs up and down the scales you know you're not trying to like prove to everyone that you're the ultimate guitar god you're just trying to play what you think sounds good with the music and you surprise yourself and you give yourself a new source of inspiration and basketball is very similar to jazz no i'm not gonna do that but i do think there's there's a lot of similarities between basketball and music it's part of the reason that i like it so much because it's this combination of just like rote repetition and you practice these moves and blah, blah, blah. But then you do have to 
bring them out in an improvisational context. The game is always flowing. There's always different situations. Who's standing where? Where is the ball? You know, are we in transition? Are we not? Like, is this guy on the break? Is this guy not? And that same kind of like tight but loose way of approaching things is what you need. And I think right now Frank is all tight and he's no loose, right? Frank needs to not defer as much as he's deferring. And this could be a strong message that helps. It could not be. It could not be what he needs. But he should be able to recover from this adversity if this does happen, if he is benched. And I believe that Frank can recover. This is frustrating for you guys as fans. But again, and for me as a fan, you know, but he's still only 20. He's still a point guard. He's still maybe growing. And he's still tall as hell. I've repeated this ad nauseum. Maybe you haven't heard me say this before if you're new to the podcast. But these types of players, like Frank, they routinely take until they're 22 or 23 to figure it all out. He's not going to put it all together this year. He does need to show progress. It's okay for him to be held accountable. But he's not going to be anywhere close to fully formed. And he can still be an excellent player, even if he's not close to fully formed. I expect him to struggle a lot this year. I've said this before, but I expect his peaks to be higher. I expect him to be a little bit more consistent. And I expect him to do a couple more things than he did last year, but he's not going to be the full package. I want to talk about David Fisdale's thoughts on the Knicks' pace and on their assist numbers and on their three-point attempts. But before I do that, just want to remind you that you are listening to Locked On Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've got a couple of quotes that I got from Ian Begley, friend of the friend of the Sodes. Shouts to you, Ian, from David Fisdale about where the Knicks are right now with a couple of things, and I want to share those quotes with you and then talk about them. So, the Knicks, you know, they said they wanted to play fast entering this season, but they rank 22nd in pace. Uh, they did entering Monday's games. So here's what David Fisdale had to say about that. He said, I think a lot of it is I'm playing more too big basketball now. Two as in the number two. Two bigs basketball now. That's just coaches got to adjust to the roster. And what you have at that time to give them the... And, okay. He said coaches just have got to adjust to the roster. And what you have at that time, you got to give them the best chance to play good basketball. It all sounds great when you come in and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. But you got to work with what you have right now. So my job right now is to try to take them and try to put them in the best scenario to give them a chance to win games and to have success and grow. And for me, this is James now, no longer David Fisdale. I think it's hard to argue with what he's saying. Their starting lineup of Frank, Tim, Dot, Vonley, and Robinson is easily their best defensive starting lineup. So if you want to play your best defensive players, you've got to put Vonley and Robinson out there, two bigs. Right, um, and we've talked about this. We, we we want the Knicks to put their money where their mouth is with valuing defense, and that's what they're doing. Plus, you've got Frank, who's been struggling to push the pace. You've got Tim and Dot trying to do it, but this is not to say that they can't run. But you know, with Vonley and Robinson out there, they're never going to be the fleetest. And with Frank playing like he's currently playing, they're never going to be the fleetest team. So I think there's a lot to what Fizdale says here about the personnel that he has and their inability to play at a pace that he wants. He uh, continued. There's more about this. So our pace is definitely slow since then, but I'm still emphasizing it, getting it up the court. I think the most important thing for our team is being organized. And our pace suffered because of that. Where we're getting where we're supposed to be organized and then we run what we're supposed to run. Yeah, it's suffered some, the pace. 
But that's part of the give and take of adjusting to what you have out there. So what he's kind of basically saying here is that he's also trying to teach them the proper spots to be on the court and how to run certain sets. It's a constant juggling act, just like life is a constant juggling act. You choose one thing, like getting into your sets, getting in the right spot, and the other one suffers. It's a young team. It's a bunch of new guys. We've said this a bunch. So you are trying to teach them all kinds of things. They're trying to learn the offense. They can't be pushing the rock every single time down the court. It's, it's, it's not just about getting that pace up. This, this reasoning isn't as strong to me as the personnel, but I think there's something to it also. Okay, So now I want to talk about three-point attempts. New York ranks 20th in three-pointers taken per 100 possessions and 28th in three-point field goal percentage. So David Fisdale was asked by Ian and others if he wanted, uh, if he'd like to have more three-point shooters on the roster. And he said, well, yeah, but right now we're just getting Kevin back, Kevin Knox. Courtney Lee's been out the whole year. He's one of our three-point shooters. But we don't have that right now. We don't have a team loaded full of spread guys who can just shoot. We are getting up 43s a night and doing all of that. That's the good part about it. We're all on the same page from the standpoint of, look, this is who we have. We're going to coach them to their strengths and try to put the game together in a way that all of these guys can grow and get better. So honestly, based on how they're shooting, they've got the lowest effective field goal percentage in the league. I tweeted this the other day. They're 28th in three-point field goal percentage. <coughs> 20th in three-point attempts, given all that, feels about right. You guys know that I'm obsessed with three-pointers and the Knicks need to do it. But when you're literally stacked with guys who just can't put the ball in the hole from that distance... I mean, the numbers are there. They're not shooting them well. They don't have a ton of shooters. They have trouble breaking down a defense off the dribble. You know, forgetting the fact that a lot of their guards aren't great at that. Canners clogging the lane like a turd in the toilet bowl. Many nights, their best offensive plays are Tim and Trier taking ISO possessions. And those aren't going to lead to three-point attempts. So, given all of that, the fact that they're 20th in three-point attempts, I don't feel so bad about. There's another stat that I don't love, and here is what David Fisdell has to say about that, and that is that they are 30th and dead last in assists per 100 possessions. He says, David Fisdell, sometimes holding it too much, not making shots, there's always two sides to getting assists. So again, he's saying we'd have more assists if guys could <laughs> make a shot, but they can't. Then he says trust. Making the right play with right timing. There's a lot of different factors. I don't think it's a selfish thing. We're not a selfish team at all. It's a matter of timing. Hitting guys when they're open and converting fast breaks when we have a three-on-one, three-on-two opportunity. And not finishing those and making shots. So, I mean, a lot of this does come down to the fact that they're just a doo-doo butter team right now. Their offensive sets could be better. But, again, they've got the worst effective field goal percentage in the league. It's 48.4%. Um, you know, would I like to see Fisdale's offensive play calling be a little bit more imaginative? Yes. But I very strongly believe that they are towards the very bottom in the league as far as what talent they have. And I think that really handicaps you. It's, I mean, like, obviously that really handicaps you, right, in terms of being good. But in terms of what you see out there, like, I don't necessarily think it's fair to expect them to, like, be running super crisp plays but then just miss their shots. Like, that's not how it works. When your team's bad or when it's super young, you don't have the experience. You don't have the IQ. And you also don't have the physical ability. It's all of these things. And it's really difficult to parse things and say, look, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not running a good offense. Do you know what I'm saying? So, again, this is always what it was going to be. This circles back to what I was saying earlier on about not freaking out about the game. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. And they're going to struggle with a lot of things. But we have a lot of young guys with a lot of promise. 
This is one of the most interesting, most exciting Knicks teams that I've had to root for in a very long time. Because for the first time in a very long time, there's reason for hope. There's no reason to get down. They're doing exactly what they should be doing. They have so many promising players. This is what rebuilding looks like. It's ugly. But at the end of this rainbow will be a pot of gold. Was that an Irish accent? I don't know. I'm not great with accents. But I am great with knowing when to wrap things up. I'm going to tell you right now that that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Knicks. If you got a moment, rate us on iTunes. You can throw a one star up there if you want. <laughs> I'll probably write it, read it on next uh, episode. But yeah, two five stars. Though. Don't be a jerk. Come on. Subscribe to the show if you have not already. Tell your friends about the sensation that is Locked On Knicks if you have not already. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNicks for bonus takes and jokes and jokes and jokes. That's actually on NBA Injury Report. There are some jokes on LockedOnNicks Twitter, though. Be chill each other. Easier said than done, but try if you can. Spay and your pets. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it all the way down. Always soak the pasta water. Take that, take that, take that. Data. Biggie's better than Pac. Peace.